Praise God. We've got new notes tonight. We're starting a brand new series. Anybody not get notes? You need notes. If you don't have them, lift your hand up. Okay. Pastor, would you pass some? There's back some on that table back there. Some on that table back there. I'm, yes. Anybody else need notes? Okay, Chris has some. Pastor Ray has some. Go ahead and set them back there when you're done, if you would, and back in the back as people come in. Grab notes as you come in. In our staff meetings every week, we talk about we talk about the church. We talk about what is, what isn't happening. We talk about people's hearts, their desires, their their aspirations, their concerns. We talk about a host of different things, and we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago because I knew I was going to be wrapping up the spiritual warfare series. And, and the truth is, folks, there's no way to really wrap it up uh, because you and I are going to be fighting until the day the Lord comes back. And the more we know how to understand the assault that we are part of, the more victorious we can live. Because it's not a matter that, well, today it's over and, and well, tomorrow will be, it'll be better. You know, I'm never the bearer of bad news, but the truth is the devil has no new bag of tricks. He knows exactly who we are. He knows the buttons to push. How many, let me ask an honest question and raise your hand. How many have ever got mad at the same thing and you told yourself you'd never get mad about it again, and you got mad about it anyway? Folks, he knows where to push. And, and I'm no different. I try really hard not to yield to things, not to give in to things. And, and by God's grace, I, I, I do it a whole lot less probably than most. Only because, you know, I've probably been at this the longest. Uh, of some that are in this church, others have been at it longer than me, and and I remember as a young Christian, I told myself, I was praying one day, and I was talking to God, and, and I, I, uh, I said, you know, God, I can't, I can't wait until you and I have a relationship for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Man, it's going to be so good, and it's going to be so easy to live for you. Heaven was silent. Because the truth is, the closer you get to God, the harder it is. Now, that sounds, that sounds kind of awkward, doesn't it? But the truth is, you know why? How many would take a stab in the dark? Why is it more difficult to live for God the closer you get to God? The spiritual warfare, Jonathan? Impatient and things like that? Your patience, maturity, uh, Shelly, I'm sorry, you take your focus off the Lord, these are all good, do we have microphones, are we going to have microphones today, we do, 
Oh, okay, we do. Okay, somebody else had their hand up. Who else? Jimmy? His holiness. Somebody else. Why is it more difficult? Pastor Ray. I think the more that you understand who God is and who you really are, the more you realize just how far you fall short. We rationalize it all along, and then all of a sudden you begin to realize I'm not playing at this anymore, and you realize how far you're from it. Yes. All the questions are, are all the answers are correct. Pastor uh, Cody and, and Henry kind of knocked it out of the park. You say, well, they're, they're pastors. That's not fair. Well, the closer, the longer you live for God, the more holy he, you realize he is, and the less holy you realize you are. And we can't stand in the presence of a holy God. And folks, it's just, and, and you say, well, I should be better today than I was. You are. But in the presence of God, well, our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Now, you, you say, well, that doesn't sound so great. That just sounds really humbling is what it sounds to me. To help me understand that no matter where I'm at, I need God. I need God. The, the closer I get to God, the more I know I need God. How many can say that with me today? In your, in your notes, we're going to talk about hearing from God. We're going to talk about praying and having prayers answered. But we're going to come from the angle of why don't I have prayers answered? Why don't I hear God's voice? Why is it such a struggle? Anybody here, is this, am I talking about you? you There's a struggle hearing from God? Thinking that God's even within a, a millennial block of you? Well, something I know, and I just want to get in your notes, I've got a lot of scripture, okay, a lot of scripture. So we're going to take our time, and I'm going to try to stop. So if you have a question, the emphasis is not how far we get through the notes, it's how much you learn and grow in this this frustrating place between God speaking and us hearing. So I'm going to give some scriptures out, okay? So I'm going to start here in the front. Elsie, you got a Bible with you? John 17, 3. Okay, and then I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, uh, Larry, do you have a Bible with you? Okay, Larry, I want you to give me, uh, Romans 1, 18 through 20. Kevin, do you got one? Everybody's got notes so far. If you don't have notes, they're back here. Kevin, I want you to give me Psalm 19, 1 and 2. Please remember these scriptures. When I call them out, get them. They're all in your notes. Uh, at this juncture, I'm going to try to stay in here. I just, my goodness, I've got more scripture. I... Uh, I was close to using every scripture in the Bible for this series, but uh, I promise you I will not get to all of them, but there's just so much to talk about here, okay? Uh, uh, you Lucinda, I want you to give me Genesis 40, 5 through 8. Sarah, not Sarah Cody, uh, Sandy, Sandy. I called you Sarah again. I did. Sandy. 
Exodus 7, 8. Uh, Exodus 7. Well, gosh, no, I've got to read three chapters to get what I'm talking. I'll just talk about that part. So you give me Numbers 22, 21 through 35. So you're going to have to read a lot, okay? And then right next to you, Sherelle, um, Daniel 2, 26 through 28. Chris, you have a Bible with you? Okay, Chris, I want you to read Luke chapter 1. You have a good read, reading voice. You can read a long bunch. Okay. Luke 1, 5 through 25. Okay. And then uh, Leslie, I want you to stay with Luke chapter 1. I want you to read to the end of the chapter, 26 to 38. Okay. Tim, I want you to give me Acts 9, 8, or excuse me, nine, chapter 9, verses 10 through 18. Okay? Okay, everybody, everybody has those scriptures. So when I call them out, you're going to know them. Yes. Oh, Numbers 22, 21 through 35. Who's reading that? Who's reading Numbers? Okay. Sandy, who I should never call Sarah, but I always do. Okay, everybody got their scriptures. Okay, so these are all in your notes. And I want to I start out today with an understanding. God has never stopped speaking. There's only one time in all of creation where the Bible says that God, matter of fact, we call it the silent years between Malachi and Matthew. There was no prophet. There was no voice of God being heard. There's different times where God was silent, you know, for a, a day or a week or a period of time. But there was never a time on earth where God completely held his words back, except through those times that we call the silent years, between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew. What is a reality, and I, I want you to take your eyes off your notes, and I want you to just listen to me for a few minutes. People yearn to hear from God. We yearn to hear from God. Some people get frustrated because they hear people talk about hearing from God. And they wonder, what am I, sliced liver? Why don't I hear from God? One of the things that we're going to address in this is the fact that you do. You hear from God more than you think. Because God is always speaking. You see, there's nothing God wants more than an intimate relationship with you. And you know what? You cannot have an intimate relationship with somebody you're not communicating with. Marriages fall apart because of communication. Jobs people lose because communication, either from the top to the bottom or the bottom to the top. You cannot have intimacy. You cannot have a relationship. So just to sit in your chair to say, God never speaks to me, is an oxymoron. No, that's not a new breed of ox and moron. It's... <laughs> 
My humor does get better, folks. <laughs> folks, I am crazy. I'm getting worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm crazy in love with Jesus. God speaks every moment of every day, and he is speaking to you. But I know the question, okay, so you say that, but is it possible to hear God? Does God want me to hear his voice? How does God speak? How are we to listen? Has anybody had these kind of questions? Go ahead and lift your hand. If anybody, I just want to make sure I'm doing the right series. Okay, I can, I can grab the Bible and do it. Just go for whatever you want to. I want to make sure I'm on the right series. Anybody have those kind of questions? Okay, the place is full of hands. God, I want, I want you to hear. Once again, take your eyes out of your notes. Most of the stuff I have in your notes, but I want you to listen to me. God is speaking. And yes, we can hear his voice. As I've already said, Christianity is a relationship. It's not a religion. People come up, well, I gave up on religion. You know what I tell them? I did too. <laughs> You're a pastor. How did you give up on religion? Oh, because it didn't give me no place. Oh, what happened? I, I, I found Jesus. <laughs> and now I have a personal relationship. <clears throat> See, they can't grab it. <clears throat> There's a guy that wrote a book and sold, golly, I can't tell you how many copies. He said, I love Jesus. I hate religion. See, that's, that's one of those duh statements to me. Jesus hates religion. See, I, this is how I've always defined it. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. Jesus was God's attempt to reach man. World of difference. Okay. God is speaking, and we can hear his voice. Why? Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship that's established and maintained with in communication. Yes, Miss Heather. Can you go a little deeper into the difference? Between relationship between and religion? Between religion and relationship, yeah. Okay. To a good way to explain it to someone. My wife and I. To have a relationship, we have to spend time together. To have a relationship, we have to talk together. To have a relationship, we have to commune together. We have to do a host of things together. To have religion, I just have to show up. That's why the church is full of religious people. They show up on Sunday morning, and they show up next Sunday morning, and they show up next Sunday morning. They put their token in the offering. They put their butt in the pew. Ever wonder why they call them pews? Folks, I reached down deep for that one. I, I'm not going to tell you how deep I reached, but it. Okay, that was bad. Okay, I got it. Okay. But you can have, you can be religious 
and just go through the motions. You can't have a relationship and go through the motions. Does that, does that clarify a little bit? You can't. I just show up. I can even speak the language. But you know what? My wife knows what love is. My wife knows what a relationship. She knows when I'm going through the motions. As does every wife and husband in this place. How many think God might know when you're going through the motions? That's religion. I was raised Catholic, as others in this place. Well, I went through my motions every week. Some people every day. I love the way Jesus outlined it. He said, whited sepulchers filled with dead men's bones. That's what you are. See, Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And the only way you can do that is have a relationship. Somebody had their hand up. Danny. Yeah, I had. Um, uh, how do, how, I've never been able to hear the voice of God, okay? But I've been having answers through the, uh, the scripture, you know, through preaching and uh, through other things. And I, oh, there's people that say, God talked to me to move up there. God talked to yeah. uh, But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, I ask him, how did God talk to you? Did he call you or what? You know? <laughs> I have a bat phone. Right. Okay, direct, direct line. So, Danny, what I can I, say is by the time we're done with this series, you will, you will know the voice of God. You will, I can promise all of you, you will have heard the voice of God. And that's not a joke. That's not a, you know, play on words. You will know the voice of God. That's what I'm praying for. When I was putting this series together, that's what I was praying for. I said, God, they don't need religion. We need a relationship. We need to be in love with the one who's in love with us. Are you okay with that? And God wants that so badly. It's vital that you and I learn to hear God's voice because it's only then let me say it again it's only then did I say that it's only then say that with me it's only then that we can deepen our relationship with the father that loves us so much only then only then Jesus in John chapter 17 verse 3 Elsie's going to read it Will, you got a lot of running to do, son, tonight. <laughs> Folks, Will just had a birthday. How many think that's pretty cool, yeah? <laughs> Who else? Somebody else in here just had a birthday. Who was it? Who? Was it you? Your daughter? Jonathan had a birthday? So? Okay. I don't have birthdays anymore, so that's good. John chapter 17, verse 3. What version you read, Nelsie? New King James Version. Okay, the New King James Version. We got several versions of the Bible that are out in public consumption these days. So I try to always ask, if I forget to ask you what version, tell me what version so I can, you know, explain it or, or help people to, to see the difference if there is one. Go ahead. What, what's Jesus saying, John 
17, verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you sent. That they may know you. You think God's trying to tell us something here? Now listen, look into the, listen, listen to what's together there. This is eternal life. So let me ask you, can you have eternal life without a personal relationship with God? Very clearly, no. And if you happen to stumble into church and pray a prayer, will you continue in that prayer without a personal relationship with the Father. So let's read this again. Elsie, go ahead. Read it one more time. and Read it nice and clearly and put the microphone up by your lips. you got a soft voice, little girl. Go ahead. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. How many would say with me, that it's God's plan for us to have an intimate relationship with Him. Only way that's going to happen is we've got to hear His voice. We've got to learn to hear His voice. God, in your notes, speaks to us in many ways. And I'm, I'm laying all this out there because I want you to understand God is the creator of all heaven and earth. Okay? Errol, I need you and Steve. Move over here, would you? I don't want to bend my neck over that way. If you didn't take a bath lately, just sit somewhere away from people. But that's, just kidding. That's, that's that wonderful humor of mine. Okay? okay? So... Let's go back to this. God, you get, get some notes, David. If anybody has a second set of notes, there's some on the floor. Hand David a set, please. If you don't have notes, we're getting into a brand new series tonight, and we want, we want no one left behind, okay? God speaks in many, many ways. This is the God of all creation. This is the God of the universe. This is the God who is not limited to one form of communication, okay? An audible voice is not the only way God speaks. And I know some of you have determined, unless I hear an audible voice, well, when you're done with this series, I will prove to you, you've already heard his audible voice. Every person in this room, if you're a child of God, if you are a child of God and not just a religious person, I'm not pointing that you are, but unless you're just going through the motions. I was really pointing at David, but he, but he moved. Okay. If you're a child of God, I can promise you, you have already heard God's voice. You just didn't know it. Okay. So let's, let's continue on here. God speaks in various ways. 
okay? An audible voice is only one. But let me ask you something. If he is, and he is, all-powerful, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, everywhere always, if he is sovereign, how many think that he can speak any way he wants to? Pastor Philemon and I were talking. Uh, I remember it was lunch, Pastor Ray, Pastor Jewel, and I, we were all together and talking how, about how he's been in other countries, we've been in other countries, and, and people speaking that do not know a lick of English. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls, and they begin speaking in other tongues. But it happened to be English. You all have heard stories of people go to different countries and the Spirit is falling and God is moving and they're speaking in other tongues, fluent, whatever nation that is in, a language they have never learned. See, God can speak any way God wants to speak. In the book of Acts, we find them in the upper room. And the Bible doesn't emphasize what they were saying. It just said they were speaking in other tongues. What did the Word of God emphasize? What the other people were hearing. I want you to understand this. Not what they were saying, but the people heard them speak in their own languages. Said, who are these unlearned people? You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we love it. It's called the love chapter. You know what the Bible says? Though I speak in tongues of men or of angels. Here, a couple years ago, I taught a whole series on the gifts of the Spirit. And I spent a couple weeks on tongues. Why am I speaking about that tonight? Because God can speak any way he wants to speak, can you say amen? amen? The Bible is full of accounts of God speaking to individuals, to families, and to nations. In the past, he spoke in many different ways. Well, guess what? He still does it today. Many different ways. God speaks to all men, first and foremost. And don't you say, well, Pastor, you're just going to get into generalities. I'm laying a foundation, folks. He speaks purposefully to all men, and we find it recorded in Romans chapter 1. Who's got that? Romans chapter 1. Please don't let me check you down, okay? Back there, Larry. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. And then I'm at Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. Go ahead, uh, Larry. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made 
even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Since the beginning of the world, since the beginning of the world, all of creation has been showing God. You know, it's always amazing, and I know you all will relate to this the moment I say it. I'm always amazed that we blame destruction as the act of God. Why don't they call the beauty of creation as the finger of God? I remember they, they, they call, the, they call the, the F5 the worst tornado possible. They call it the finger of God. Did you know that? Why do they call destruction God? A God they don't even believe in. But they don't give credit. God said all of creation declares his attributes, his glory. But because man chooses to ignore it, God said my wrath is coming upon him. Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. NIV. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies declare the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. Okay, don't give it away yet. I want you to read it again. Listen, what he, listen how the scripture declares this statement. Remember, God speaks in a lot of different ways. If you're a hunter here, John's a hunter. There's other people that are hunters here. I've been out in the wilderness and heard God speaking through the wind. And that, folks, that's not a mystical. I'm listening always for God. Folks, I can get my head full of crap anytime I want to. But I choose to listen for God. Thank you, please. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. I choose to listen for God. And I hear God on the wind. I, you know, I, I love animals. I, I'm not a big hunter anymore. I used to hunt all the time back in the day. But I, you know, I, I literally gave my guns away. I've just now restockpiled. But uh, I, I stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's probably uh, not a good way to put it. <clears throat> but we're going to get done. We're going to get done in time, and I want uh, somebody to ask me about uh, security in the church. Okay, uh, so when we get done tonight. But I, I, I used to love. You could hear God speak through the bugling of an elk. You could hear. You could hear God speak through the, the baying of a donkey, the neighing of a horse. It's not difficult, but for lots it's not probable. Let's continue. You see, over millennia, God has and still does communicate in various ways. Angels. God uses. The prophets, dreams, visions, miracles. Now before you get all puffed up, even donkeys. We're going to get into 
Genesis chapter 40, verse 5 and 8. And then we're going to go into Numbers 22, and then Daniel chapter 2, and then Luke. Okay? So let's look at this tonight. Okay? Genesis chapter 40, verses 5 through 8. Who has that? Is he not reading it again? I'm sorry? Oh, I was going to have him read that again. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. I got so, I got so caught up in, in hearing God's voice. That, okay? Go ahead. Listen to the way the scripture reads it. Go ahead. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. What does creation do? Pours forth speech. You listen. All of creation is talking. There's no place you can't go that you cannot hear God's voice. There's no place. Genesis chapter 40. Go ahead. Each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. You hear what he says? The baker of the cupbearer. Polytheist. They believed in multiple gods. Nowhere near godly people. Yet they had dreams. Had visions. And what was their concern? The same concern that you have as a Christian. No one to interpret them. Yet they brought it to Joseph. And you know what Joseph got? The interpretation. I've had many people over the years bring dreams to me and, and visions to me that God's given me the interpretation for. Just right down the line. Why? Because I have the mind of Christ is what the Bible says. I know the mind of God because the Bible says His Spirit dwells in me. And the Spirit that dwells in me prays perfect unity with the Spirit, the presence of God. Are you praising or you got a question? I, no, I have a oh, question. She was, she was going like this. I'm thinking, oh man, she, the Holy Ghost is coming. Yeah. So are you saying that our dreams are God's way of talking to us? That's what the Bible teaches. So all dreams. All dreams? Some could be pizza. Right. Okay. You have to look. You have to look at the dream. Okay. The enemy speaks in the trances of night. Okay. But you can know the difference. You don't have to, whoa, oh, this is, this is, is this the devil or is this God? You don't have to worry about You can know the difference. And we're going to talk about all of this stuff. But I'm laying this foundation. In, in, the, book of, in the book of Moses, well, it is the book of Moses, but the book of Exodus is one of the books of Moses. We find the ten plagues. It starts in the seventh chapter and it ends up in the eleventh chapter. The ten plagues. Do you know what? God told Moses what every single plague was going to be. 
God and Moses had that intimate relationship. And he knew every single plague. And he came to Pharaoh at the instruction of God. Said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go or I'm going to do this. And God did every single one. In Numbers chapter 22, okay, you, you have this, right, Sandy? Okay, a very long passage, but I want you to listen to what's being said here, okay? Look at me really quick. You don't have to be saved to hear the voice of God. But if you are a servant of God, you may not like the voice you hear if you're in rebellion, if you're out of God's will. Out of God's plan. And this is a picture that we're dealing with. Go ahead, Sandy. Read uh, that uh, passage all the way from um, 21 to 35. Numbers 22. Okay. So the next morning, Balaam got up. Balaam. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. How no, no, sorry. It? People down, announce it several different ways. But Balaam. Balaam. Yeah, okay. Balaam. Uh, which sadly is a, is a derivative of Balak. You know, which, you know, that's not a nice name, but that's what it is. Back then, very, lots of gods, lots of gods. But Balaam was a man of God part of the time. Go ahead. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. Okay, so who did God send? You think that's a figurative? You think that's a metaphor? How many think it was a legitimate angel? God sent an angel. God sent an angel to block Moses' way. And you know what God told Mo the angel to do? Go remove 20 pounds of ugly fat. He was going to lop off his head. But Miriam, uh, not Miriam, Zipporah, Moses' wife stopped it. <clears throat> what was the problem? Moses wasn't doing what he's supposed to do. So God was going to kill Moses. Well, well, Pastor, you just said he had this relationship. Yeah, boy. <laughs> God has standards. God has, folks, you can't just come in and say, Lord, Lord. Because if we're, not cons if we're not too worried about it, we might follow in the Matthew 7 scenario. And he said, who are you? He was going to take Moses' heads off. Well, guess what? Similar story here with Balaam. Continue on. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. Okay, stop there. You ever have your animals act up at different times? Now, I'm talking about not just acting up. Animals do different things. But when I have an animal, a close animal to me, when our dogs in the house start growling, and I know there's nothing to growl at, I start looking for something to growl at. Animals, they know. Balaam's donkey said, I don't, I don't think so. 
Did I do the hee-haw thing pretty good there? Okay, Balaam, the donkey stops him. And look what happens here. God, first thing, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. First thing, God sends an angel to put a stop to this thing. Balaam wouldn't listen. Supposed to be a prophet of God. He wouldn't listen. God puts an angel out there to stop the whole thing. And that wouldn't even get it done. Watch what happens now. The donkey bolted off the road into a field. But Balaam beat it and turned it back unto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crush um, Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. Then the Lord what? Gave the donkey the ability to speak. Now, I don't know about you. I haven't had my dog start speaking to me yet. <laughs> I haven't had the different animals speak in English. But God's so hard trying to get Balaam's attention. He moves the angel three times. Still doesn't get his attention. Okay, let me, let me inject this. You can go read the whole story later. Balaam knew he was doing what he was not supposed to do. He knew he was doing what God told him not to do. Matter of fact, he even went and asked God, can I do this? And God said, no. But, you know, a lot of people think, well, prayer is just trying to get God your favor. You know, God, you know I know what I'm doing here. So God gave the donkey a voice. And look what the donkey said. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. Pretty serious that he starts talking to the donkey, too. <laughs> but I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and chilled away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Three times. He said, I came to block your way. But you were stubborn. I bet I could go through this tape, this room right here, and find each, each and every one of you where you tried to do something. You knew it probably wasn't the best thing to do, but you stubbornly pursued. 
and persisted until something happened and you came to your senses. God doesn't speak. God doesn't show up. A person came along and out of the clear blue they knew something about something. How'd they know that? Yeah, it's a coincidence. God doesn't speak. God doesn't show up. Something just fell into place for you. God doesn't show up. Everything you were trying to do, though you knew it probably wasn't the best thing, fell apart. Just fell apart. God doesn't speak. Am I making any sense today? Amen. Nebuchadnezzar's dream, Daniel chapter 2. Now I'm going to lay a foundation. Yes? Did you want me to finish the rest or are we okay? No, we're good. We're good. Thank you, though. God, God will do everything, folks. Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Now, I want to read this, but understand something about Nebuchadnezzar. He, put, he has this, this amazing dream that we all know the interpretation here all these thousands of years later. You know, the, uh, the statue of gold and bronze and silver and clay and iron. We know it represents all these, these different things, but nobody knew then, at least no one thought they knew, now look at how Nebuchadnezzar brings the magicians, and I'm just giving you a, an open an overview of the whole passage, okay? And you can read it, you know, for yourself there in, in Daniel chapter 2. You can start at the very beginning. Nebuchadnezzar calls his magicians, his soothsayers, his, his fortune tellers, all these different people, and he brings them in and he says, tell me what I dreamed, and then tell me the interpretation." And they start, I can't, I'm not God, I can't get, or I'm not of the gods, I can't get into your mind and tell you, tell me what I dreamed. And they start making all these excuses. So Nebuchadnezzar puts a decree to kill every magician, soothsayer, the entire country, kill them all. Because he's tormented. He's troubled. That's why it's imperative ladies and gentlemen, that we understand that we can interpret dreams. We can know what God speaks in the middle of the night. Read the book of Job. God did that all the time. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar does that, and all of a sudden they're out killing, preparing to kill all these people, and they come to Daniel, whose, whose name was Belshazzar, is the name that Nebuchadnezzar gave him. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were going to kill all of them. Because God used them in these gifts. And Daniel said, whoa, 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 whoa. I like my head where it's at. Go tell Nebuchadnezzar I'll interpret his dream. Did Daniel know the dream? You know what he did? Listen to me. He went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he said, guys, pray. Pray that God reveals this dream. A lot of times, we don't hear the voice of God. Just simply, we don't take the time to ask. God, reveal this thing to me. 
show me this. You all have heard me. I, 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 I pray every morning at my house. Now that it's gotten colder, sometimes I pray outside. If it's not too cold, I pray inside. But the first thing that I do in my prayers is I worship and I ask God for wisdom. Folks, I can't pastor this church without his wisdom. I can't pray for you without his wisdom. I can't do anything without his wisdom. I don't know that I'm a wise guy. But I'm smart enough to know if I ask him, he'll give it. If I ask him to show me what's happening, he'll show me. Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel came to him. And we'll pick up the story in verse 26 and 28. Go ahead. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. Old man. He said, all your astrology, all the, they couldn't do anything. But look what Daniel did. He immediately gave glory to the one who could. You notice he didn't say, I'm here. I'm your man. I can get this done. No, what did he say? No. But there's a God in heaven who knows the secrets. And he has revealed it. Over and over, folks, throughout Scripture, throughout Scripture, what am I trying to say in all of this? Is God wants to tell us. God wants to speak to us. God desires everything. So let's go here to, to Luke chapter 1. It's going to be a long passage. Okay, verse 5 through 25. We're talking about the birth of John the Baptist. And then starting with verse 26, we're talking about the birth of of Jesus. So what I want you to do is I want you to look at this. At, who's got Luke? Luke chapter 1. Okay. Chris with a very strong voice and, and a, very, a lot of clarity. Don't just blow through it. Read it. Luke 1 starting with verse 5 unto the 25th verse. Go ahead. In the days of Herod, 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 king of, Ju of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Of the division of Abijah. That's fine. Just call it, call it Abby. Call Abby. it John. Call it Paul. All right. All right. Yeah. And this is the ESV version. I'm not okay. sure what that stands for. but um, And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. 
And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Looks like God uses a lot of angels to talk, doesn't he? I believe some of you have had angels show up and you didn't even know it. Go ahead. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away, excuse me, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering about, they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among people. God sent an angel, once again, to appear to, is this on still? To appear to Elizabeth. Not? Five months. Zachariah is still serving. He comes home. She's five months pregnant. But Zechariah can't speak anymore. Now listen to me. I'm laying a foundation here. God speaks to us sometimes 
And because we tend to believe a doubt, which turns into a lie, which now turns into a belief. If you were in our spiritual stronghold or our, our spiritual warfare, that was described as a toehold, a foothold, and a stronghold. If the devil can get you to doubt, he can get you to, to, uh, to start questioning, and then he'll start to get you believing. And a lot of times, God speaks, and we doubt that it was God. Doesn't matter if somebody shows up and tells you. Well, that was, that was God. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, then pretty soon, there's a lie attached to it. God doesn't speak. And because I doubted that it was God, and now I believe that it isn't God, I live my life not hearing from God. And God hasn't stopped speaking. That's how the enemy gets a toehold, a foothold, and a stronghold. Am I making sense? Okay? Because all he wants to do is keep you deaf to God when God's still speaking. Okay? So that's what happened to Zechariah. God said, because you won't believe me, I'll give you something to believe. You're going to be shut up for months until the birth of this child. And the first word coming out of your mouth is going to be the boy's name. Would you imagine if Zechariah wanted to name him something else? All the people that were with Zechariah so this isn't heard of. You don't name a kid something that isn't even known. But Zechariah knew, ah, I heard from God. Am I making sense? Okay. Three people. Not bad. Let's talk about the 26th verse. Who has that? Go ahead. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel Go ahead, to... Put it up by your mouth, Leslie. Oh. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to well, Nazareth. Well, Gabriel gets around, doesn't he? <laughs> a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Okay, I want to stop there for a second correlation between Zechariah and Mary. They were both considered righteous. Favored. Okay? The Bible says that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Yet when you read about Noah, he wasn't the best dude in town. But yet there was a right standing. That's what the word righteous means. There was a right standing. How do you get right standing in a relationship? You commune. You communicate. You spend time. How do you get through the good, the bad, and the ugly? You walk it through. You talk it through. Am I making sense? So, Mary, who was highly favored, Zechariah, who was righteous before God. Continue on. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You, so the Holy One to be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Notice the difference between Zachariah and Mary? Zachariah didn't question, or Mary didn't question, Zachariah did. Mary said, okay, God. The only thing Mary asked was, I've never known a man, how's this going to happen? She didn't question it, she didn't say, she said, I'm your servant. I'm going to throw this little tidbit in there, and then I'm going to continue on with Ananias in Acts chapter 9. Who has that? Acts chapter 9, over here, okay? The more willing we are to hear God, the more you'll hear God. Well, Pastor, I'm willing. Willing has to do with waiting, desiring, planning, purposing. When I pray in the morning, my whole prayer, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm laying out things before him, and I'm waiting. There has to be that, I'm your servant, God. Without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. Show me where I'm going. Show me what you're saying. We go from angels showing up. We go from donkeys showing up. We go from all kinds of creation showing up. And now we come into the New Testament. And all of a sudden, someone else shows up. Go ahead and read this, whoever has it. This is out of the NIV. Okay. Acts chapter 9, 10 through 18. <clears throat> in Damascus, there was a, a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus. Named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Okay, stop right there. God is giving Ananias instruction. Okay? Paul was on the road to Damascus. The same Damascus that the book of... Uh, book of uh, What's the book that says Damascus is going to be destroyed? Anyway. Zechariah, thank you. I, I wanted to call it the other guy. But anyway, uh, the same Damascus is going to be destroyed. It's the same Damascus Paul's on the road to. And then the Bible says Jesus himself shows up. And Paul says, who are you, Lord? Didn't question 
He knew something was going on. Didn't understand it. Didn't fully comprehend it. He just said, who are you, Lord? And he said, it's me, Jesus. The one you persecute. Probably not. Okay, but Ananias is going to go at the direction of God to go lay hands on him. Ananias has a little bit of concern at this point. He doesn't say no. He said, God, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> What's he say there? Go ahead. He said, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority over the chief priests to arrest all who come on your name, or who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is, chosen, is, a, is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. You know why God chose Paul? Saul at the time. He really wanted to do right. He really wanted to do what God wanted. And he thought he was. That's why he didn't second guess when God stopped him on the road to Damascus. That's why he didn't question. He just said, Lord, who are you? He said, I want to know what I'm doing is right. And I love the scenario. The Bible says that God knocked him off his high horse. Some of us need to get knocked off our high horse. So we can start hearing from God. Jesus himself shows up. And we're going to get into that. But I want to take you some other scripture. A lot of it's in your notes. But I want to get to where I want to get to tonight. Okay? The Bible tells us several times in scripture that God's voice was heard. The exact way in which his voice was heard was not described. We find Genesis 8. The Bible says God spoke unto Noah, saying, okay? In Genesis 12, the Lord said unto Abraham. In Exodus 24, the Lord said unto Moses, Isaiah. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah. It, the Bible doesn't give us specificity. Was this the audible voice of God? Was this the Torah that they were reading? And the word of God leaped off the pages. You see, God spoke to them through multitudes. But today, the Bible says God spoke to us through his son. While Jesus was on the earth, God spoke to us directly through him. And God speaks to us directly through him still today. When Jesus returned to the Father, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, was sent to lead us into all truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. The Holy Spirit became the communicator from God. And you know what the Holy Spirit does? I've got it in your, in your notes there, but I, I don't want to read all of it. I might read it next week, but I want to get through this to where I'm going to. God gives us what to say in confrontive times. Have you ever got into a situation you didn't know what in the world you were going to say, and all of a sudden something just popped into your head? Anybody? God said, I will give you 
what to say. God shows us how to pray in the times that we live. And you've got lots of scripture there. So I'm going to give you homework. I want you to go home and read these scriptures. God shows us specifically how to handle situations. How to deal with these things. You ever been in a, in a perplexing scenario, been up against the wall, and all of a sudden it just kind of, oh, this is what I need to do. Or you started moving in one direction, and immediately you moved a different direction. Just felt like that's what you're supposed to do. Anybody at all? If you are a believer, and the Holy Spirit dwells within you, or excuse me, if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, but it is still necessary to nurture that relationship with your heavenly father in order to learn how to be attentive to his voice. Just because you're a child of God and you're saved and you're living for God doesn't mean you will know how to recognize his voice. As you grow in faith, mature as a believer, you will learn how to recognize God's voice if you want to. There's everything in the world stopping you. But look what it says in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I wanted to lay all of this as a foundation that God has and still does speak to us today through an audible voice, through dreams, through visions, through words from others. Creation itself. But I leave with this question. Do you really believe that? And that's where we'll start next week. Because if you don't, you got a big mountain to climb. But if you do, this little pothole will jump over. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Thank you, Lord, that you would help us to understand how to hear your voice, how to know your voice. God, how to follow the voice that we know. In Jesus' name, amen.